Welcome back, everyone, to Moms and Baseball. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. And today we're talking about travel ball versus rec ball. This started out as a really simple topic, or at least we thought it was going to be simple. We were basically just going to cover what are the differences between the two and what do we mean when we're talking about rec and travel. Then once we got into it more, we realized this is actually a pretty complicated topic and we probably bit off a little bit more than we can chew. Absolutely. So this big topic, we're going to break into two separate episodes. Today, we're going to do part one, where we're going to talk about travel ball and rec ball and kind of what it means to us. And then we're going to share our experiences. And uh, hopefully you guys can get a better understanding of what travel ball and rec ball is. Yes. And also, we decided to bring on a last minute guest host for this podcast. It's actually my husband, Trevor Grice, and he has a lot of experience in travel ball and in rec ball. And this is a topic that he feels really passionate about. He's been a board member, a coach, and a parent for each. And I'm just going to let him finish introducing himself because he's better at that than I am. (laughs) Welcome, Trevor. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, um, I... uh... I come to you guys with a handful of coaching experience in both avenues and honestly a whole lot of learning that took in my first couple of years of trying to understand the difference because I actually started in travel ball first and then um, did rec ball after based on the nature of my job that I had at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be here today to talk about that because I do view them as two very different avenues in which to play baseball for for kids and each one providing kind of different opportunities and learning situations. So thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here with us today. And I'm just going to offer a spoiler alert here in that we are not going to be favoring one over the other. So this is not a pro travel ball or pro rec ball podcast. We all see the benefits to both of them. So Mm -hmm. first, I think we should start off by defining what we mean when we are talking about rec ball or travel ball. So for rec ball, in my mind, that includes Little League or whether that's an app, whether that's an actual chartered Little League team or whether that's just a local rec team that people are referring to as Little League. So rec ball includes Little League, but there's more than just Little League. Um, for rec ball, the players are playing locally. Uh, They may play just their own town or they may play other towns as well that are nearby, especially in rural areas if their particular town doesn't have enough kids to support more than just one or two teams. Um, For rec ball, the players 12U and below are going to be, they may try out for the team or they may be evaluated, but everyone is going to make a team. There's no actual true tryout in the sense that cuts are going to be made. And I also want to clarify right here that for this entire podcast, for the purposes of this podcast, we are referring to teams primarily 12U and below. We don't have personal experience yet with high school teams, and I realize things can get murkier with travel ball, select ball, whatever, when you're also playing high school sports. So we are just referring to 12U and below. Um, Also for rec ball, the teams are probably going to be balanced one way or another. Either teams, either the coaches are drafting a team or maybe there's some sort of rating system in place to try to 
basically get the teams as equal as they possibly can be. Typically, rec ball is going to be pretty low cost. I'm not going to throw a number out there because I know every league is going to be completely different, but you're probably not talking significantly more than like $100 or so. I just said I wouldn't throw a specific number out, and then I did, but... <laughs> I know. And then you did. <laughs> and then, and I then did. you did. But somewhere around that, give or take a lot, I guess. Um, and this can also change... But in my personal experience, rec teams tend to often play during the week with maybe occasional weekend things here and there. But when I think of rec ball, I think of kids playing games primarily Monday through Friday. Um, And then your rec team may also have an all-star team associated with it. And that's something that we can get into more detail later. But I'm also going to throw that all-star team under the same umbrella of rec ball for our purposes. Sounds good. I'm going to go over a little bit of the definition of the travel team. So others can call it select. Um, We typically call it travel ball. Um, You can stay local or you can travel all over the state or even into many different states. They have many different tournaments out of the state as well. They do have tryouts for travel ball. And um, depending on how big your team wants to be, they can have many cuts many different teams uh, to choose from actually in your area depending on how competitive you want to be and you can have um, many different kids from all over the area it's not just uh, having to select from a certain area or your neighborhood it can be very very more expensive does that make sense did I did I not do that correctly so uh, <laughs> it can be it more, expensive. more expensive <laughs> Um, You're paying for your matching uniforms. You're paying for your matching cleats, helmets, um, different bats for for travel ball. Uh, They usually play weekend tournaments, so that does free up your week. We do have practice and things like that. Some tournaments go Thursday to Sunday. Some go Saturday to Sunday. Some go Friday to Sunday. So it all depends on on which tournaments you're choosing and, and what weekends you're choosing as well. Right, and I would just like to drive home the point that when we talk about travel ball, um, I know people in other states or other areas typically refer to what I call travel ball as select ball. Um, I don't hear really anyone in our area call anything select ball, at least not at the younger levels. Nope. So to us, that's the same. We use the word travel, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that team travels. Um, and it basically just means everything that Stephanie said. There's tryouts. Um, anyone can try out for it, regardless of, of where they live. And also, our experience for the three of us today is more directed towards what people would call select ball, I guess, even though we are referring to it as travel ball. Because um, our experiences for our boys happen to be like with a more highly competitive team that may or may not travel, depending on the season. And I believe that there are teams now where the line can be blurred between the two. It's not necessarily one or the other. Yeah, I we were talking about this, and I kind of wanted to add that in add that in there because more and more people are leaving the local areas and kind of joining in the. So this is what we're seeing anyway in in Michigan, is they're joining what we're calling travel teams that play all during the week and join uh, leagues. And we see multiple level teams. 
that are playing in these leagues that have 20 plus games and then they'll play a couple weekend tournaments and that's a really blurred line because they're kind of taking almost whoever will come over but it's not specific to the locality and they're playing during the week but also during the weekend and it's usually people that are leaving their local rec leagues for competitive reasons and going back to what Diana was saying regarding uh, select ball or you know kind of what we view travel ball and how we're going to kind of refer to it usually we're talking about just those that play on the weekends with a week practice with a practice during the week so we're seeing a lot of changes here where people are leaving rec ball something that I'm a little bit concerned about as a as a long-term baseball fan uh, as a you know former player and now co- current coach just about the status of the game and where it's going to stand um, you know as America's pastime if fewer and fewer people are getting those chances in their rec local areas but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later okay that's great um, Stephanie and I well and Trevor as well would like to go in and talk about <laughs> just kind of our particular experience with wreck for us and for little league uh, for Stephanie's family yes we do little league um, our little league is called uh, Northeast Little League in Midland and um, I just want to give a couple of shout outs to, <laughs> to let you know in 2018 Gross Point Woods Shores Little League went to the Great Lakes Regionals and they advanced to the Little League World Series so they were on ESPN and Um, They were in the World Series. Um, They did lose in those finals. Then in 2019, Northwest Little League in Bay City, they were the state champions, and then they went on to the Great Lakes Regionals but lost. And also in 2019, our Northeast Little League in Midland here, the 8- to 10-year-olds, were the state champions. So I am a firm believer in Little League, and Michigan has quite a few competitive teams for Little League here. You can see year after year that they're very competitive in going on to um, the World Series and ESPN. And it's such a great experience. You're playing with your neighbors, your friends. You, you see all these kids from your school. Um, it's nice. Then you go to class and you're like, hey, did you see I struck you out? <laughs> oh, hey, I, I hit a home run on you. Did you like that? It's just fun. It's all fun. I want to interject because, you know, the passion that Stephanie's talking about is is just so relevant here because, you know, we're going to talk about how we're not Little League, how Diane and I are not Little League. And because of that, we were actually going over and watching your guys' games. And it was really pretty <laughs> cool that Northwest Little League team that you're talking about was filled with a lot of people we know. And um, one, yep. you know, one, w- one coach and one player in particular that we know very, very well. And it was really fun to watch them compete. So that was awesome. Absolutely. So Diana and Trevor, do you guys want to elaborate on what your local rec experience is? First, I'd like to mention that even though Stephanie and Trevor and I have sons that play for the same travel team, we were talking earlier about how your travel team may pull from a larger area. So we actually live an hour apart from each other. So even though we are going oh, yes. to the same travel team, we don't live in the same area as Stephanie does. So Little League, the ch- actual chartered Little League is not present in our little rural area here at least not anymore i'll let trevor talk a little bit more about that yeah so um in addition to being a rec coach and a and a travel coach uh i was also 
on the board for our local rec league to make changes to help, I like to think, help keep it going strong, but adjust to the changing times. Um, I stepped down to join our travel ball league, uh, sorry, our travel ball board, and Diana is now on the current rec, uh, recreational league board. And what we did is we decided that Little League just wasn't for us. And it had a lot to do with some of the restrictions and the paperwork that had to happen to go in to be recognized by literally Little League International. And what we had was a lot of teams in our area. Now, uh, Diane and I reside in a small town of Cairo, which is in the quote-unquote thumb of Michigan. Uh, if you want to look at a map, if you know, know that Michigan is in the shape of a mitten, we're out there in the thumb. And a lot of the teams in this area did the same thing and stuck together and since then we've created our own rec league which we call the uh, thumb league and it's really been pretty fantastic and competitive too and you know we've had a lot of fun doing that uh, in doing that though you know we've missed out on we don't have the chance to go to Williamsport and be on ESPN as uh, actual little league teams do that Stephanie's talking about with with her sons who would have that opportunity through their organization so Anything else you wanted to add to that, Di? Um, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of the main reasons that we stepped away from the Little League as a community was because, um, well, many years ago, like back when Trevor used to play and back when my brother used to play Little League, they did go on to compete in Little League districts and things like that and were fairly competitive. But lately, and I don't know when this started, to be honest, but somewhere along the way, um, Cairo and just other smaller rural towns became less and less competitive when they were going over to Bay City, Midland area and playing in the district tournaments. So, um, and ironically, I think part of that was because they were coming across kids who also happened to play travel ball and travel ball was slower coming to this area than it was to the bigger cities. So because parents wanted their kids to have more of an all-star season and not just go play a couple of games and then be done for the year, we stopped going to those tournaments and we started going to the local, um, just like one-off tournaments in our area. And then once we realized we can't make it in the Little League tournaments anyway, so why not just let the Little League charter go for now and lose some of the restrictions and the financial components that go along with that and let's just do our own thing. Is that, that's kind of how I remember it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we don't necessarily know what's happened in the 10 to five, five to 10 years before we, we started uh, participating in volunteering, but that's the gist of what I got. And uh, what was the situation of a lot of the local teams in our area. So they kind of created their own experience, which in and of itself is actually quite fun um, and something that I know we've really valued uh, as a family, um, both our boys and ourselves over the past you know, four years. Uh, funny thing is, is we actually have a team that would be competitive uh, at that level uh, now over there, but we're not in the charter. So it's it's kind of a, I view it as the way that baseball has changed, not necessarily for the good, and yet they found a good way to manage it. Because, I mean, you guys know me fairly well. I'm not going to be the type of guy that says, oh, we're going to go over there and get beat, so we better just go do something else. Um, that's not a good enough reason to quit. But that happened kind of before our watch, and it 
we actually created something that I think is very, very good for our local communities here. Uh, something I know we missed this year because of COVID. And um, so I don't think there's any reason to go back to it. But I, I, I would I would agree that what you said, Diana, is probably true with how we got here. We might not actually know unless we really talk to a lot of people that were on the board before. But I know I have memories of going and playing at Defoe Park as a 12-year-old under the lights, you know, a, a park that we practice at now, you know, and uh, for our, our travel team from time to time. And those are some pretty great memories. So, Right. And I think you kind of touched upon one of the things that's one of my pet peeves, and it's that I feel like a lot of people downgrade the all-star experience for people when it's not the actual Little League all-stars. Um, and I kind of understand that because we were disappointed ourselves when we found out that it was a different experience, you know, kind of like, well, what's the point if you can't move on and go to States or go to whatever, but to the kids, it's just as important. These, just like Stephanie said, these are their friends that they're playing baseball with and against they're getting to know all the kids from all the local towns and kind of getting the camaraderie there, the same kids they're going to play against in high school sports or even in middle school sports. And to them, it's just important and it's just as fun. So I hope that as amazing as the Little League experience is, I hope people don't downgrade, you know, a, a less traditional all-star experience for kids. Yeah, and, and I'll definitely touch on that later because I can say right now that, I mean, hands down, the two most memorable games I've ever coached in my life were a part of that, uh, part of our Caro local all-star team. And... It's not actually even really close. I mean, um, Diana knows what two games I'm talking about. And, you know, it's it has something to do with having all these fan, friends and family from your local community there, too. Not that we don't have friends and Absolutely. family. Absolutely. You know, right, stuff. It's like... Yep, the community that supports you, it's great when they're all there. Yeah, absolutely. The newspaper, you get written up in the newspaper. So we got our travel ball family, but it's... In, in the grand scheme of things, that's going to be relatively short-lived, right? I mean, that's going to be six to eight years if you stay in the same organization. And we're talking about the kids that, you know, and the families that, that you went to, you know, preschool with and kindergarten roundup and will continue to follow for until they graduate high school. And that'll be a big thing we talk about later, too. Right. And I think that's just an ongoing theme of this podcast. It's not that one is better than the other. They, they're both amazing. Um, they just have they have different benefits, I guess. Yep. So um, I thought we should also talk just a little bit about, since we bo- both have children that play rec ball and or little league, um, how we came to travel ball and or why we came to travel ball if we were happy with our little league experience. So Stephanie, why don't you talk a little bit about that first, if you don't mind? Yep, no problem. We started travel ball, my 12-year-old, started travel ball at 9U. So I'm sure that was a year after you guys started. Um, And we just wanted something a little bit more competitive. We (laughs) love playing baseball. I know. We'll get get to that, the differences, right? Um, He wanted something a little bit more competitive. He he wanted to play a little bit harder and, and be challenged a little bit more. But I will tell you... The first meeting that I went to, I was just in shock, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> Patrick, yeah, my husband couldn't go. So, of course, he sent me, and I and he went to the, all the tryouts. 
And so I was sitting there and he was giving the team meeting and he's talking about nutrition <laughs> and talking about how many sit-ups and push-ups he should be doing and talking about staying away from certain foods. And I was just like, who, what is going on? Like, who are these travel ball people? Like, yeah. They They're a little cray cray. <laughs> yeah. So I was just, um, I was just in awe. Like I was just like, this is not right. I don't think we signed up for the right team. They are very, very structured, and they are. I just don't know, Patrick. This is not what I'm used to. And I, we, it's not like we eat out all the time either. I'm, I'm a dietitian, so I know what my kids need to eat. Um, it just kind of blew my mind. But now getting to know. The team and everything, I understand a little bit more where they were coming from. But just going into it, I was just like, "What? Where are we getting all this money? Like, what is going on?" It was just, I was in shock. Yeah, I was it, not prepared. And you I were not, not wrong. These people were a little bit crazy, right? Like, you just kind yes, of joined yeah. the crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> now you just embrace the crazy. You just hug them, and yeah, you just you just roll with it. So I very much remember that meeting. Um, um, which is probably a great segue into how we got into it <laughs> to get to that day right there where, where Stephanie's talking about. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm going to let Trevor talk about it because we just had a brief discussion today and apparently I don't even know how we got into travel ball, to be honest. I was kind of just dragged <laughs> along. I really was. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the story that Diana, I asked her the question and the story she told me is absolutely true, but it it was kind of secondary to some things that her brother and I had had been talking about for about a year prior. So at that time, our kids are probably playing in rec, local rec ball. They're not traveling at all. It's all multiple teams. I'm probably doing what we call swing league, which would be, uh, at that point, was it probably machine pitch, right? It so was the, machine pitch. Yeah, the blue flame machine. Pitch. Slash coach pitch, because I was a big particular person about that. Yeah, I remember getting in a battle with the board about that. Yeah. They still don't, they still yeah, remember yeah. about that. Yeah, my battles with the with the little league board led to me being on there, and um, uh, there's a lot of learning that happened there too. So, uh, you know, it started off with the fact that these kids are getting ten to twelve games just a year, and that's it. And at that young, they don't have extra extra games afterward, right? It's just those are the games, and then they're done. And at that particular point, we had two boys that were just one in particular who just ate slept, drank baseball all the time. And he wanted more games. And I was a huge baseball fan. We're a huge baseball family. Um, Diana's brother was my friend far before um, Diana and I ever got together. That's a different story for a different day. But the the thing is, is that we were talking about that. And we thought, well, why don't we put get some t-shirts and just go play in a local tournament? And we got to understand that that might lead to a very bad experience by taking some rec kids because these tournaments were travel tournaments. I happened to also be working with somebody whose kid um, who is currently now at Central Michigan University and has uh, been in our organization for a long time. But at that point, he was only nine or 10 and they were having a really great time with travel. So we started looking into it which then leads Diana to the story of how we got into this actual travel ball from that point. Well, basically, 
Um, I'll just start with getting to the first tryout. I didn't know anything about it except for this was going to probably cost us a ton of money, and I wasn't necessarily <laughs> wrong about that. <laughs> and that it True. was, in theory, going to be a lot more competitive baseball. But um, the plan was just to have our 8-year-old tryout for the 8U tryouts. makes perfect sense. Um, but we also had a 6-year-old boy at the time who just loved baseball, and I think literally on the drive to the tryouts. Oh yeah, I lied. He was five. It was a week before he turned six. On the <laughs> drive to the tryouts was still just begging Trevor and I to let him try out as well. And I'm pretty sure Trevor was on board. He was like, sure, if you want to try out, it was mostly me that had to give the okay. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like you're five years old. You're not trying out for this team. Well, right before we get there, I finally agree. Sure, you know, go try out. Like thinking, well, he's never going to make the team anyway. So whatever. If you don't, you know, just I kind of tried to prepare him for that. You can go have fun. You can go practice with them. But then afterwards, you know, you're not going to be on this team. Well, lo and behold, five kids show up to the tryouts, and four of them were kids that we brought. Meaning, like my oh. two kids, my nephew, and then another boy from the community that we said, hey, let's go try out for this team. And then there was one other boy there that we didn't know that showed up. So they went through the tryouts. The coach sat them down before they even came back out to the parents and said, hey, everybody made the team. Congratulations. Good job. So both of my boys <laughs> run and come tell me, and they're so excited. And so now how do I tell my five-year-old, oh, sorry, like I didn't think you'd actually make the team. You can't play. So he played. So we had a six-year-old and an eight-year-old that ended up being on that team. Trevor and my brother ended up coaching the team and just reaching out, finding um, a bunch of other kids from the community to come out in and make up that 8U team. It was a whirlwind, but our family was pretty sold. Our entire family was sold on the idea of travel ball uh, pretty early on, and we haven't looked back since, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it was it was interesting how it all happened and um i i think the thing that stands out the most is as i did ask you know hey i understand he's five but the person running the tryouts is like you know what do you actually think he goes oh no he's fine he's fine and, and diane is going to touch on that a little bit later about ages i think because we've seen some things with travel ball that some kids got started a little too soon and I think it's had some negative effects uh, by maybe going a little bit too soon with it. But overall, it was a, it was a learning year. And we, uh, Brian, who is Diana's brother, and I knew from the very beginning, uh, especially because my current 12-year-old, like, like he and I get along great, but we're very similar. And quickly it realized that we weren't going to be the best combo coaching. And so because Brian had a younger child too, who was seven, we had decided very early on that we were going to stay at 8U and take it and build a new team there. And then we had asked coach to take the boys on, which leads us to the meeting that Stephanie was talking about where she was floored. Um, and I actually do remember talking about water only, no Gatorade at that meeting. I do. I do. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it might be me you're mad at. So, um, but that brings us to how we got into travel and it was really for us, it was more games. Uh, it was less less about competition. It was more, about more games. And man, have we met that one? I think the cap we've reached is seventy five in a year, um, between the combination of both. Uh, burnout is, you know, for our boys has been, I'd say, close to it sometimes. But I don't think we've ever gotten to that actual point. Uh, we, we're pretty vocal with them to make sure they tell us when they need a break, and uh, we listen to them. Um, what about on your guys' side, Steph? 
Um, yeah, I, the reason that we also got into um, the travel ball is my 12-year-old just really loved baseball. Um, and just, we were like, we're on for this ride then. You want to do this? Let's do this. It was never like, <clears throat> excuse me, us pushing him. It was just like, sure, let's do this. So so we're on the same page. So when it came to the ending of travel ball, we've never done fall ball because Come fall, we start a new sport, and he's usually okay. And so we haven't had any burnout on baseball. We've just enjoyed it this whole time. Now, this year, of course, is a little bit different, so our baseball season was cut a little bit shorter. So then we did fall ball, and now we're we're doing our shortened little football. But, um, yeah, we, ha- we haven't had any burnout. That's, that's great. And that was one of the things I wanted to touch on, that I feel like Trevor and I actually have to remind each other once or twice a year why are we doing this? And and not from a bad standpoint, but just to remember like what the point of all this is. And for me, the most, or I should say for us, hopefully I'm not just speaking for you. One of the most important things is that we want our boys. It's so important for us that our boys continue to love this game and we don't push them to the point that we just completely burn them out. That would completely break my heart. And I'm not saying that's not a possibility, a real possibility, but, um, in hindsight, I never, ever, ever would recommend somebody have their kids start travel ball at five, six, maybe even seven years old. That's kind of crazy. Um, I think we got really, really lucky that our younger son didn't get burned out with it. And I think part of it is just because there's just the four of us and all four of us. This was just has just become a family activity and he kind of got on board with that. But we have seen children, especially in 8U, start too early. It's too much, too soon. And oh, yeah. they don't just quit travel. They just don't want to play baseball again after that. And that absolutely breaks my heart. And I think that we should try to avoid that at all costs. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll touch on that later with why I think rec is so important on that scope, too, because um, there's bigger things here than, you know, I don't think they're listening. But, you know, the chances that our boys are uh, going to make the pros is very, very low. You know, so um, <laughs> It, you know, so it's, but the game is a game that's very important, you know, to my family, um, in terms of like my extended family before Diane and I got together, it's very important to her family and it's what we choose to do to hang out. And I think we've been pretty successful for that, except for the fact that our boys aren't on the same team. And so we're separated most weekends. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, unfortunately that that does happen. (laughs) So we're going to continue to talk about differences between travel and rec, but just briefly, I want to throw out that I was thinking before we recorded today about, well, maybe I should touch on some similarities between rec ball and travel ball. And I said that out loud to Xander, the 12-year-old, and he said, well, that's pretty simple. In rec and travel, you throw the ball and you run the bases. He goes, other than that, I don't know what the what." what there is that's the same it's it's pretty different um and I just had to laugh because he's not wrong there's there are a lot of differences um and not necessarily in a bad way again but I I think that the friendships that the kids are going to come up with between the two can be so strong and that's one of the main benefits with the rec ball these are their local friends the kids they go to school with more than likely um for us when we started rec ball we were actually homeschooling so this was a great way for them to make local friends um, and this that was a really great segue for them in terms of going into public school later they knew a lot of the kids from playing rec ball with them but you're also going to get some pretty tight 
bonds and friendships with travel ball because these are kids that they're spending so much time with. They're hanging out with them on the weekends, during the week. They're staying at hotels with them. So it's just kind of like a different type of friendship, but they're all good. Um, and I, <laughs> this isn't necessarily a positive, but I think with rec and with travel, you're always going to have drama when you can't avoid it. <laughs> and it's not necessarily more with one or the other. In my experience, it's just maybe a different kind of drama. Um, if you happen to find yourself on a team or in a league and you're not noticing any drama, then I think that that's amazing and you found the right place and you need to stay there. But it, I don't think that anyone's going to be able to avoid it at all costs, whether they're with rec or with travel. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Steph, you kind of talked about the, the parent meeting and how that was a culture shock for you when you first came on to travel. Do you want to touch on any of the other differences that, that immediately come to mind for you for travel ball? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I was saying, my 12-year-old wanted to do additional baseball, just like Trevor was talking about, too, doing some extra games and things like that. We are very fortunate in this area where our Little League is very strong. But then there is also um, a heavy presence of travel teams as well. So he did try out for two different teams. And I knew a little bit about the teams. My husband didn't, and he went to the tryouts. And so he was offered a position on both teams. But I had called one of my friends and I said, hey, what do you think about these two teams? Which one should I choose? Because, of course, they're both the, the same cost. And she said... If you want to be more competitive, if you want to be challenged, you need to do, which is the team that we're on now. And and I said, if I'm already putting all this money in, I want my kid to be challenged. That's the whole point of it, right? We're going to make have him grow. He's going to learn a lot more. So, uh, so that was part of our decision as well. So the difference is, is you're not going to have that with Little League. I mean, you have teams in Little League, but you don't really have that. Everybody's going to be playing on a team. You know, there are tryouts, um, but it's more of like a draft. They want to see how you're doing, and then they pick you to put you on a team. Everyone pretty much plays in in Little League, um, and they try to rotate every position so the kids get more experience. But there are kids that have walked onto a majors team, which is typically 10 and up, um, that have never played baseball before in Little League. And so you do have to put them in certain positions so that they're not injured or hurt. Um, because other kids have been playing since they've been four, five, six, you know, and so it does get a little dangerous, especially in those instances. Right. And yeah, I'd just like to add to that, that one of the biggest differences that we've noticed besides, like you mentioned, the cost, obviously, I don't care what team you go to, you're going to have expenses related to practice facilities, uniforms, tournaments, those are going to be the same regardless of where you go. Different teams may offer different fundraising opportunities or different organizational type fees, but for the most part, they all have pretty hefty expenses attached to them um, that you are not probably going to see in your local rec league. But beyond that, um, I think it's just going back to what you said with the coaches meeting, not that all coaches do that because they don't referring to nutrition and exercise and things for the kids. There's just a completely, what we've noticed is a completely different level of commitment from 
the coaches, from the players, from the parents, a different level of buy-in where you can get away with something like that on a team that everyone has chosen to go to for a travel or a select team that you're, you know, Trevor could tell his rec team, I want everyone to do 100 sit-ups every day and no one's really probably going to do it, maybe a couple because they're just really good kids and really coachable and they love the game, but they don't have... There's just not always going to be that level of buy-in necessarily. They're just kind of there to play ball. Um, so I kind of see that, I guess, as, as one of the differences, just a completely different level of commitment. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Also, um, I, I think we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, Little Leagues, um, you are set to the area either where you live in, you have to use your address of where you live or where you go to school, then you have a waiver signed. Um, we were a little bit different because we moved in between when he was playing. So we were kind of grandfathered in so we could stay in the same little league that we were in. But there are strict rules. And so with um, travel ball, there are kids from all over the state. I mean, you we've, we've seen some kids that have played in our organization that have gone down to Detroit and are playing on different teams there. And so it is not uncommon that kids will or families will drive two hours just to go practice and play with a different team. And that's, and that's okay. That's standard. Yeah, absolutely. And in our area in particular, we see kids travel quite a distance because we're in such a rural area. There aren't too many really local options, but I know we looked just for fun last year and on Trevor's team, we had players that were exactly 100 miles apart. Um, you know, and then, and you could have gone in, in any direction, 50 miles, essentially Northwest, East or South from our standard yeah. practice facility we had kids driving from. So yeah, you're right. You, you're not necessarily in, on every team, but a lot of times you are getting kids from a much larger area. So there are just mm-hmm. more kids, I suppose, to choose from or to potentially try out for the team. And that's, that's not the, that's not the, that's not the uh, way it is for everybody. I mean, our organization, it, it, it is kind of like that. Other local organizations tend to have a little bit more local feel, but they're not wedded like Stephanie's saying to zip codes and districts and things like that. So there might be yeah. a team that's primarily made up of, say, Bay City kids, but inevitably you're going to have a Saginaw kid or a kid from the Thumb of Michigan on there because it doesn't matter. Everything revolves around age and birth dates for travel ball. Um, where in Little League, age matters, but so does where you live. To you know, And so for our rec league, we made the decision as a league that it's going to be whoever people sign up for and that we were going to call out anybody who was trying to create super teams. And so far, we haven't done that. Nobody's done that. We've had some kids float back and forth for situational reasons. Uh, but essentially, the team you, the organization you signed up for in the spring was who you got to play All-Stars with. And so... You know, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a kid from Cass City who came to Cairo for uh, for their own family reasons and things that they wanted to get accomplished. And so he played All-Stars with Cairo. But then this year, because of age reasons, and now he wanted to go back and play with his friends, he was back in his hometown of Cass City, which is what we was fully supported. So that's how we handled it since we don't have a... Um, you know, jurisdictions or anything like that to, to follow. And, you know, it's just kind of something we've had to do because we've had towns in our area that used to have little leagues that now don't. And so 
who's going to get the kids from this town that used to have two teams, but now can't even have one because numbers are so down and wreck. And, you know, that's, that's a topic we'll get into in a little bit because um, things are changing. So. Absolutely. I think even in Bay city, they just went down a, a whole little league team because the numbers are dwindling. And I think someone even said too, here in Midland, we have three individual little leagues but um by numbers we could actually combine two of them but they're so competitive nobody Nobody wants wants to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see that when when i was a kid when i was a kid we had a healthy four teams at our 12u level which we called majors because we were little league at that time uh um, we're talking 11 and 12 kids on four teams you know so 44 to 48 kids yeah and uh, this year, we were going to have 24. We just had two teams. And that's been the way it's been going on now for, for a while. Um, part of that is travel. And part of that's just situationally the way the world's working right now. Um, participation, participation in sports is down across most sports. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just something that's interesting. I, I, when I joined the board here, it was very much... Uh, the main reason was, guys, if you do not change in order to allow travel kids to play, it will not be good because this is the way it's going. If you can be um, hybrid in such a way to allow travel kids to play, we will be okay. And so that way we, we got rid of all of our weekend games and played Mondays through Thursdays and all the teams in our area did that. And so we had competitive teams because travel kids played both and we still had leagues and we still had games and we still had competitive situations. People carved out July to do these all-star tournaments, which have been a blast and it's worked. It really has worked and um, hope it continues because our kids are kind of aging out of it right now. So, Yep, absolutely. Okay, I think we're going to stop right there for today and this is going to be the end of part one. Yes, and and obviously on deck for next week, we're going to be doing part two of this episode, Travel Ball versus Rec Ball. We'll pick up right where we left off, and in that episode, we plan on digging a little bit deeper into the differences between Travel Ball and Rec Ball, and we're going to talk a lot about why you would choose one versus the other. If you have any questions or comments or even any ideas for a new topic, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at moms and baseball that's a and d in the middle and you could also email us at moms and baseball at gmail.com until then have fun at the fields we'll see you next week Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and I'm Diana. <laughs> I did. Sorry. Should we start? <laughs> oh my gosh. There was like a huge pause. I was like, uh. Oh, shoot. Oh, there wasn't? No. I like said, I almost like interrupted oh. you.